Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if that was just spoken into your heart, and to really internalize that God is really good, and the flavor of life that we have with His Spirit awakens our senses, right? The salt, the flavor of God's Word. Seeing things differently in our life, the perspective changes as God moves us from one stage of life to the next and we see things through just a little bit different viewpoint or lens than others do. And it's good. We hear the rain hitting the top of the roof and we realize that God's blessings really does pour out on us. And the rain really falls down and refreshes our soul and we get to be able to just rest in knowing that He will provide. Today doesn't just stop with that. It starts there. We've had a fantastic time just talking through Joshua. The first time we've gone through a series in the, uh, with a book, uh, of one of the, uh, book of the Bible, and that's Joshua. We've taken every single week Joshua chapter 1. We preached about that. We had a discussion about that. Week 2 and 3 and 4. Man, there's some tough things with the battles and t- tough things of, uh, of how God really feels about sin. There's really... No, no denying that, hey, this is, we don't want to mess around, right? There's a holiness of God that we need to make sure that we are careful to live by and uh, honor God with our lives and our decisions. But we also see the wonderful blessings and provision of God through Joshua and the battles and, and the promises and the, and the victories and the hardships and the lessons and the togetherness and that God's children, the Israelites, even though this is a literal historical fact, a book that happened, we could take some spiritual application into our own lives and apply it, and we could see that Jesus, just as Joshua was leading the Israelites, Jesus leads us, God's people, into a new land, the promised land, not just in heaven, because there aren't any giants in heaven, but here where there are still giants roaming the earth, trying to destroy anything that you have, any advancement spiritually in your life that God has for you, there's giants in the land that's trying to, to block out the, the blessings that God has for you. And the lessons learned is that, you know what, there are blessings in your life that we have to battle for. Not to be afraid that there are giants in the land that they shouldn't be there, and that that land is for you, it's promised for you, but you're going to have to fight for it. Not to just give up and say, if this was really what God had for me, there wouldn't be giants there in the first place. That's incorrect. We've got to be strong. We've got to be courageous. We don't need to be terrified. We don't need to be dismayed. We can go forward, right? Joshua 1.9, he tells that as a command. You go forward. You take that land. You push out the enemy. You take a stand for what you believe in. You're my people. I will fight before you. Before you, It will be difficult if you just use your own eyes, but you see with your heart. It's faith that's going to move the mountains. It's faith that's going to bring down the walls of Jericho. It's going to be the praises of, my, of your lips, and I'm going to do the work. You just watch the miracle unfold. Let's see what happens. And Joshua speaks to us. Man, you are powerful people, not on your own strength, but because of the strength of God inside of you, right? The Holy Spirit gives us a greater greater ability than what's in the natural spirit. It's a supernatural spirit. It's out of this world. Are we relying upon that spirit of God? Are we relying upon the human spirit? My goodness. I'm getting tired already. I tell you what, though, it's... um, I just enjoy being encouraged in my 
quiet time and studying, God speaks to me, and it's just fun to be able to see God speaking to all of us. This is a place where all of us God is just speaking to, and it's fun. I'm going to read a verse in Joshua chapter 21. If you haven't headed over there yet, you can head on over there. We're not going to start with verse 1. We're going to skip all the way down to uh, verse 43. Now, this is right after the allotments of the, the land that uh, God got, said, go ahead and take this and divide them up. And you've got your, your land that you can go ahead and take for your territories, your own. They, they separated all the different tribes. And um, this is where God really has a fulfillment of the promises that was in, uh, laid in the, uh, way beforehand from Abraham. And this really is the, the pinnacle of Joshua. If this didn't happen, it really would be not much to Joshua. This is kind of like, okay, the culmination of all of those battles, all the things in Egypt when they're in, under Pharaoh's control and the slavery and, and all the promises. This is where it's coming to fruition right here. I want to read this because it speaks to them and it speaks to us. And I want to break this down into three parts and how we can apply this to us today. So the Lord gave, say gave. Good, we're going to do that again. So the Lord gave. Now every time that I say gave, we're going to pause and you're going to repeat that. You got it? So the Lord gave Israel all the land he had sworn to their ancestors, and they took possession of it and settled there. The Lord gave them rest on the other side, and just as he had sworn to their ancestors, not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hands. Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Three times the Lord gave. Three times. I appreciate the feedback. But we're moving on. Three times the Lord provided. And he gave promises. How many of you know when, we can, when God speaks his promise, he's going to fulfill it? If we take anything from this, is that God fulfills his promises. God fulfills his word. He is faithful. When he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. For us, we need to take a hold of some of the promises and believe that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. As a kid... You might remember a, a popular saying that has to do with promises. I'm going to say the first part. You say the second part. You ready? I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to finish this. Cross my heart. Hope to die? Hope to die? <laughs> I kids say this. They really hope to die if this doesn't come true. I mean, a little dramatic. I think that kids kind of have an understanding of what it really means to make a promise. They're taking it serious. And I wonder if God was saying to us like, hey, have faith like a child is also to believe in the promises like a child. You know, one of the greatest mistakes as a parent you could do is ever promise your kids something. (laughs) I promise, we'll do it. Promise, don't ever say that. Because that's like throwing meat to bulldogs. You're going to throw this to them, they're going to hold you accountable to it. Hey, Tuesday's coming up, you said we're going to go to Wendy's. You promised, Dad. They will not let you go. I promise. I, I promise that. <laughs> they won't. You know. You know. It's even worse. It's the rest of that that phrase, right? That saying: "Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, 
right? I don't, there's a word for it, eye phobia. That's me. The only thing that kids could think of worse than dying is sticking a needle in their eye. I agree. Just take me out. Don't do that. But the idea is that, hey, you make a promise, you're going to stick to it. Unfortunately, after, after time, as adults, we realize you pinky swear. Something doesn't really mean a whole lot. You just do that to a kid, right? Oh, you just made a binding contract that you cannot get out of. This is what God is saying to us. Hey, I've made an agreement. I made a promise. And when we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, Testament is literally translated to covenant. Covenant is really a root form of promise. God made a promise and he fulfilled it in the Old, or he had it in the, New, the Old Testament and fulfilled it in the New Testament. So his promises are always true and always fulfilled. And in his word. And looking at the promises that God gives us, we're able to take a hold of some strength, some confidence, and power that is not on anybody else's word, but with God's word. And we know that all of his promises will come to fruition. It's important for us to keep that matter in front of us so that we don't lose sight of all the distracting things and all the broken promises around us. 2 Corinthians, for no, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through Him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Amen, family? It's good, isn't it? It's spoken by us. It's ratified by us. The promises are told, and we're saying, yes, God, we believe. It's exactly, we believe who you say you are. We know that you're going to fulfill the promises that you have in my life. Do we believe that God can deliver us? Do we believe that God can provide for us? Do we believe that God is there for us? Do we believe that we are never going to be left by, our, by ourselves? Do we believe that God will fulfill the promises that he's spoken into your life? Faith is believing that God can do what he says he's going to do. Some of it seems pretty outlandish. If you don't think so, just talk to Peter. We need to pay for some things. Peter, I want you to go down to the lake, go get a fish, open its mouth, find a coin, bring it back to me. He had to believe that it was true. There's some things that are going to be a little bit difficult for us to believe in, but God's saying, hey, man, are you going to trust me? Because I promise I'm going to be there for you. So the Israelites, boy, there were some difficult challenges ahead of them. They had to go into a land that wasn't theirs, but God said, oh, trust me, it's yours. It's yours because it's mine. Are you going to trust me in my promise for you? So the Israelites are now, they're, they're walking in the literal promised land. It's a literal place. They're in the land of Canaan. The, the, the giants that were there are out. They get to see the fruit. They get to see those large harvests that's happening. And, and what is all theirs? That once was the enemy's, it was taken captive, now is ours. The three things that God has uh, promised, the three things that we just repeated today and reiterated was that the Lord gave three times. Three times the Lord said he promised, he gave, right? He gave the land. There's a new territory. There's a new answer to prayer. There's a, new, there's a new place that God wants to bring you from here to there. There is somewhere new that God wants to, for you to own. Pr property, territory, stake your claim. Satan, this ain't yours no more. This is God's. This is mine. Whatever Christ has given in me, God has given in Christ's name, it's mine. We have ownership. We are co-laborers with Christ. We are going to push back what is uh, now maybe the enemies, but we're going to conquer, and we're going to have what God has promised us. It's a new territory, new increase in your life. Two, the Lord gave rest. 
There is rest. That's a promise. I would dare say that there's many of us who have missed out on the promise that is available for all of us right here is that there's just rest. Many opportunities that the enemy comes in and creates worry, stress. Oh my goodness, right? Everywhere we turn, it's stress. We turn on the news and you get stressed out. A lot of pressure, work, relationships, friendships. We need rest in our minds, in our soul, in our heart. He said, I'm going to give you the stability. I promise you. It's one of my promises that he has for you. I'm going to give you my rest. I'm going to give you my peace. The third thing that we said is the Lord gave. The Lord gave them their enemies. You have an enemy. Every single one of us do. The devil who prowls around like a lion waiting to steal, kill, and destroy faith inside of you. To steal the idea of God in you. There's an enemy. And sometimes I think Christians need to wake up and realize that there is a battle that is happening all the time, all around us, in our thought life, in our heart, in our actions, in our motives, our responses. Every step of the way, Satan wants to find some little foothold, some little crack in the door to push his way in. Not always on the front door, but on the back door. Be prepared, there is an enemy. We have to fight. Be ready for that. But in this, God promises that you will not have to fear the enemy. He's no longer a threat. Just because you recognize he's there doesn't mean that you have to be afraid of him. And just because you know that he's out there prowling around doesn't mean that he has possession of the land where you have possession. There's no entrance. The enemy was defeated and driven out. So the Israelites... They didn't have to stand on guard. They didn't have to watch. They didn't have to suit up for battle on that area right there. It was theirs. That territory was what God had promised them. He gave it to them. These are promises. There are areas in your life that you're battling now that you won't have to battle anymore. The temptation won't be your temptation anymore. God will deliver you and deliver you from those accusations that penetrate the heart that won't penetrate the heart anymore. He will drive out the enemy and give it into your hands. See, God never promised that you wouldn't have to stand up against giants, nor did He promise that there wouldn't be any enemy to fight. We've got to make sure that we're clear on this, that just because we believe in God's promises doesn't mean that we believe in promises that we make. Right? Well, if I was a Christian, none of this would happen. Well, if that was really God's blessings, there wouldn't be any opposition. Uh, opposition. You know, there is a battle. There's a battle that's greater now because you identify with Christ, correct? Because there's a different type of, you're, you're more of a threat. There's a bigger target on your back. When you say, hey, I, 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 I'm surrendering my life to Christ, right there at that moment, you're not surrendering your life to a life of ease. You're surrendering your life. You're not surrendering your life to the way you want it, or your thoughts, or your ideas, you're relying upon God's Word, and sometimes that may be challenging for you. Like, man, I don't know. This is pretty hard. But you surrender, and you say, okay, God, I'm trusting you. 
about how you view this. I'm not you looking at the world through my eyes anymore. I'm looking through God's eyes. And when you do that, you're putting a huge target on your back. There's battles that are ready to come. There are blessings that are in, in front of you, but are you ready to fight through? Practically speaking, there's a few areas that we can battle and that are battling in here right now. And this may be God speaking to you and your relationships and your heart. And in your marriage, there might be giants right now. In your marriage... Satan's coming in. Listen, there's a land and territory of blessing and increase and in answers to prayer that you've got to battle right now. And those giants that are in your marriage are telling you, you've gone too far. And don't even think about telling the truth. Don't go there. Protect yourself. That's what the enemy is trying to tell you. Those giants are intimidating it seems too difficult to open up. You'll never have victory in your marriage if there is never that step forward in faith to defeat the giants, correct? Some of you in your private moments are by yourself. And the fortified walls of depression are just too real. Your secret masks that you put on in front of people you switch them out at work. You switch them out with a different group of friends. They're good masks. People have bought into that, but deep down you know it's just a front. The giant is to remove that mask and go ahead and let yourself be you. Go ahead. Let God do some healing in you. Those hurts and pains are real. You don't need to hide behind any masks. They're hard. Nothing that I'm talking about is easy. When we give it over to God, He frees us. The accusations that, you have, that have been placed on you, let's just say that. Unfair. It's not true. Let me go the other direction. They are true. What do we do with that? Giants standing in your way, in your life. And honestly, it's too painful to even look in the mirror. And it's too painful to talk to somebody because the last person that you talked to was one of your best friends, and now they believe the lies. And so you're so hurt and you're so mixed up, you have nowhere else to turn. And it's a giant in your life and you're just filled and you're faced with a giant that has hurt you. And you don't know if the fight is worth it to go to that land of blessing because right now, all you see is this giant of pain. The financial stress that towers over everything in your life is casting a shadow the bills stand too tall that you're left feeling embarrassed and ashamed. There are battles that we face in all directions of our life. And God never promised that these battles wouldn't be there. He only promised that He would carry you through and walk with you. He did promise that if we set it at His feet, He will take the pain Take the hurt and restore your honor and your dignity through a grace 
and a forgiveness that we all in this place share in common a need, a desperate need. John 16. Can I just pause before I read this? I hope, don't put it on the screen. Did you already do it? Oh, you're good. It's okay if you did. Thank you, Dylan. You do an awesome job, man. I just want to speak this to you. These are Jesus' words. They're not my words. I'm just vocalizing what Jesus already said. So just let the Holy Spirit speak to you in these words. I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you, you will have tribulation or trouble. He's saying that's a promise, right? But take heart. I've overcome the world. There's troubles all around us. But the promise of God is that, hey, through it, I'm giving you a peace. So those obstacles, those giants, when you slay it, it just as it becomes a stepping stone and God will set you up as a king. He'll turn those obstacles in your life that are giants right now that you're having to face, he's going to turn that into a, a success story for God in your life to, prov, prov, to prove to everyone else and yourself how big God really is. He's going to turn that land of hardship into a land of blessing. Turn that anxiety into confidence. Turn that accusation into promotion. Turn your difficulty into praise. Turn, the, turn your pain into strength. And turn your hurt into grace. There's a land that God has provided for every single one of us. A land of increase. Are you willing to fight for it? It's there for you. God will fight with you. He will protect you. He will guard you. He will go before you. You are not alone. You don't have to be terrified or dismayed. For your God is with you. He'll go with you wherever you go. Jesus says this again to you. Holy Spirit, whisper Jesus' words in our hearts this moment. Reflect on what Jesus is saying. Are you weary? Carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me. I, it's a promise, will refresh your life. For I am your oasis. It's a promise of a personal refreshment. Yours. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle. I'm humble. I'm easy to please. We don't need to make it complicated, guys. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Isn't that a gentle promise from God this is, a kind, this is a kind of refreshing 
Man, the weight of the world is so much at times. Jesus just says, hey, put it on my shoulders. I've stretched them out wide for you to place it right there. I've got broad shoulders. I can handle it. I don't want you to carry it any longer. My gift for you is that I take on all of that hurt, all that pain, and I replace that with my peace. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. It's impossible to find in this world what God can only offer. No counselor can speak into your soul like the Spirit of God. No advice can correct your life like the words from God. No comfort can reach the depths of you like the comfort of God's love. And no love can compare with the intimacy that can connect you with God. He gave us the land, He gave us rest, and He gave us the enemies. In Psalm, He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. And just as this was promised to Joshua, the promises are there for the psalmist, it's the promise for us as well. That God will provide a new territory of spiritual growth, an inheritance for you to belong in, that you belong, that the enemy will be defeated, that you will be able to drive him out by the power of God. And that you will enter into a new area of rest. And the last part of this, and I'm summing it up with this. This was all gifts from God, but there was a response from the Israelites that was necessary. And it was this, that they took and possessed the land. And they settled there. It's not an area that we just take and then we leave it. We take and we hold on to it. They took it, possessed it, and they settled it. God gave it, and it's our responsibility to receive it. Every person has the exact same opportunity for peace, and the exact same promise of rest, and the exact same promise of victory. It's just that not everybody has chosen to receive it. And as the Israelites, they made the decision to trust God and His promises and to receive it as they settled into that land. So the question is the same for you and I. And I'm going to list off some promises of God, and I want the Holy Spirit to just speak into your mind and to your soul because I believe there's at least one promise, if not all, for all of us here. A promise for you that God wants you to hear this week. A promise that He wants you to hear because of last week. A promise that, he, that you have forgotten about and that you need to remember that He is here. And He's re-speaking this into your life. He says, I don't want you to forget this. The promise that is love is for you. Are you going to hold on to it? The promise that His forgiveness is for you and for your sin, for our mistakes and our blunders and all the areas of our lives that we just know that God just isn't smiling upon. He is ready. He's given it for you. Are you ready to receive it? 
The promise of a salvation from death that we can have life that is timeless. The promise of the Holy Spirit to help you because let's face it, we need help. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for 94 years. We still draw upon the resource of the Holy Spirit to help. A promise of peace in all circumstances. A promise of joy that lasts. A promise of freedom from the guilt and the chains that the devil loves to pin us down with. The promise to just have somebody to lean on. Somebody who can stick closer than a brother. Are we there? Are we ready to just receive that? Just say, that's for me. I need that. The promise of His righteousness and not ours. The promise of empowerment. The the promise that He alone satisfies. The promise to lead when you don't have it figured out in your life. The promise to protect. The promise to care. The promise to prune. To shape you. The promise to be your defense. The promise to reward. The promise to bless. The promise to be yours. Your oasis. Your refreshment. Your joy. These are all wonderful gifts that He has given us. Where are you at right now? Where are you? Do you have rest? Are you wrestling at night? Is there turmoil inside your soul that you've hidden very well? Are you being attacked? You need help? What area do you, in your life do you need, need to take control of? The enemy's got his foot in the door where it doesn't belong. You need to drive that enemy out. But you can't do it on your own. You need God's power to do it for you. What areas of your life are shadowed? There's a giant standing too tall that you need the light of Jesus to just cast out his light. Cause that enemy to run. The promise is for everyone here. That we will look to him. We find peace. Let's stand together. I want to pray two prayers with you this morning. I believe that maybe God has been doing something in your life, as He does in my life every day. Simply, you know, we don't have to close our eyes. We don't need to do that. First question is, if you've never said yes to God, yes to His promises, yes to His peace, yes to His provision in your life, and you've never done that, would you raise your hand? If you're in this place, that's never happened. And you're ready to submit? And just say, I want a life change. I want victory. The second question is, what area of rest, what area, what area of promise do you need in your life? That you've been battling, no doubt. 
in a, in a land that God has promised for you of good things, because He's good, right? And He's got amazing things for us, but there's going to be a little bit of a battle for you, but you don't have to fear that, because He's going to strengthen you through that. How many of you just need some strengthening? You need rest? You need peace? Raise your hand. Yeah. A lot of us are in that same boat. We just need it. I'm right there. I need it. So what I want to do is I just want to pray over you, and we're going to just enter into time of prayer as we close here. Father, give me the right words to pray adequately enough. Anxiety in the name of Jesus has no room in our hearts. Worry is not a spirit that you have placed. Fear has no dominion. We take control of our lives by living in your power, oh God, and yours alone. There's victory ahead in Jesus' name. Not in my name, not in anybody else's name, not in our name, but in Jesus' name there's power. We take hold of what is ours given to you. A land that we may not have ownership yet, but God, you have already promised us that we will live in a land full of blessings, full of your spirit, a newness, a fruit, a harvest that lays ahead in our lives, our families' lives, in the name of Jesus. Speak confidence in our hearts, Lord God. Help us to realize how you see us as powerful people. Children that are loved and adored by you. Help us to operate in a spirit of love, kindness, and wisdom, and truth. To take hold of every, of every promise and take that thought captive and hold it to us tightly. Never letting it go. Let it, letting it go. God, we rest in your provision, your care, your forgiveness, your grace. Go before us. Lead us. Guide us. Direct us. Empower us by the power of your Holy Spirit. We submit and surrender our lives to you. In Jesus' name, we bless your name and pursue all of the promises. And they are yes and amen. And in Jesus' name, together we said, amen. Let's give the Lord just a round of applause. Because God is good to you. He is always going to be your good, good father. Go out this week. Be blessed. Lived in the presence and the joy of God this week. And let, let watch what he does through you Monday through Saturday. And I can't wait to hear the stories of what God's doing next Sunday. Amen? Amen. Amen. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.